Before we get to today's episode, I want to be sure that all of our listeners are aware of the brand new VSP Vision exam rebate available now to all PECA Max members. Between July 1st and the end of 2023, all PECA Max members will receive an additional $5 per VSP commercial eye exam on their incentivize rebate. To learn more, sign up for PECA Max and make sure you are gaining access to this critically new rebate. Please visit PECAExamRebate.com. Now to the show. Welcome to the Practice Advantage Podcast. I'm Dr. Justin Manning, and here on the podcast, I interview experts from within and outside the eye care industry on the business management topics and advice that matter most to you, your practice, your patients, and your success. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Practice Advantage podcast. As independent eye care professionals, we're in the business of taking care of others. Taking care of others also means generating revenue in the process. We should be paid for the services we provide to patients. Money doesn't just live in our bank accounts and on our P&L, but in our minds as well. What we believe about money impacts our ability to earn it, spend it, and grow our business. My guest today is Cindy Morgan Jaffe, author of the book Positive Money and founder of the Positive Money Club. She is passionate about helping business owners grow their personal and business finances through the way they look at and feel about money. Cindy, welcome to the Practice Advantage podcast. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super uh, pleased to be here and can't wait for this conversation. Cindy, before we begin, how did you get into this space? And how does the way we look at and think about money impact our ability to be successful in business? Okay, well, let's talk about the space first. Uh, Really, by the space, I would say um, what you're talking about, what the listeners are really curious about, I'm assuming, is how does our relationship with money, how does how we think about it um, and how we feel about money uh, affect the results that we see in our business or our personal life? So um, that really is the space that I uh, work in. And um, how did I get into this space? Well, I basically backed into it, which I think most of us do. We are um, seeing results that are just not, we're not happy about the results. We're, um, we don't know uh, how to proceed. There are just all sorts of ways in which we are challenged by money itself. And so that was really my story as a professional and a parent in navigating the financial dimension of life as we grow up as adults. And it presents us with both practical and psychological challenges. And so in my case, my focus was on having and raising a family and also wanting to be an entrepreneur, making the the family was a priority for me. And also, uh, I knew I wanted to be in business and wanted to work the business around the family so that I could have that work-life balance as the kids were growing up. 
And so in many cases, I just simply felt that those two worlds were working at cross purposes. I'm sure our listeners who who operate actually very similarly to that, who want work-life balance, they own their own business because they don't want anybody to telling them how to take care of patients. They want to contribute to their community. They want to they want to to build a life for themselves and for the people that matter most to them and then generate generate a successful business. Now, in your research, you found that the way that people show up with regards to money, is the same in both their personal and their business life. How have you seen this play out? Well, um, okay, this is a big question. So you're asking how does their uh, relationship with money show up in both their business and your personal life? So for you as the listener, um, this is, um, <clears throat> again, something that we we think might be separate, and yet in many regards, it's similar. And so... Um, I'll just give you a few examples of this. So let's say you were brought up in a um, an environment of privilege, or uh, you didn't really have a lot of expectation around um, getting a job or contributing financially to your family. Um, if you came, if you grew up with that kind of privilege, it's very possible you have some guilt about that, or. Uh, maybe a lack of confidence in your own ability or competency in managing your finances. So that's one way that just an environmental um, context can really affect how you're approaching your your um, your finances, both as a family and in your business. Let's say um, you, as a child, many of us. I'm in my 60s. Uh, grew up with uh, depression era. Our parents were grew up themselves in the depression era, there was a real focus on being thrifty, uh, saving things. So you'll see a lot of hoarding going on and so on. And so what happens with that is that as children, when we're observing that behavior or actually literally listening, um, that we need to save money, we need to be careful, we need to be thrifty, it can make it um, a challenge for us in our businesses to spend money or to think it's okay to charge um, what we're worth or what the services are worth. And, and as you know, we're, we're inclined, there's a, a term called under earner. And this was something that I struggled with because I um, really had some guilt around charging or I grew up very uh, service oriented. So uh, again, this relationship with money was complicated, and as a result, uh, I often felt that my charging people was a burden, and I was more focused on their needs than my needs. And it again, it became this tangle between um, whose needs are most important, and how do I feel about that, and and deeply psychologically and ethically, and all of that. I had a, a really hard time saying, "Okay, I can charge uh, that much more." Um, money than others because I felt well maybe I'm maybe I'm um, standing out or I'm coming across as being greedy for example I think that's that's really fascinating because I have I've seen that that mentality play out in in eye care in many ways we don't charge what we are worth and we want to take care of the patients we'll bend over backwards for for them from a healthcare setting for a healthcare delivery standpoint and taking care of them. But we, we often can 
hesitate to charge what we're we're worth. And I, I, I find it fascinating that the lived experiences you talked about, how you've grown up, what you've experienced, what you think about money, really does impact how you how you run your business and how you look at finance with within this space. And many of us have developed a, a fear around money. And you talked perhaps some of the growing up with depression era parents and and the lessons that they learned and how that impl- how that ultimately impacted your view, your view of money. But when it comes to that fear, whether personal business or both, we we may fear that there isn't enough, there won't be enough. We we have to save, we you know, we have to, you know, lower our cost of goods. We focus more on that side of things before instead of the revenue side. How do these fears come out in the decisions that we make as business owners? How do we approach that? How do we recognize it? How do we approach it? Perhaps how do we how do we change it? Great questions. And really, uh, what you're the fundamental piece that you're talking about is fear, and that and fear can also translate into anxiety. It can translate into resistance. There's a lot of ways that fear is showing up at sort of a deeper level, and um, it's important to also uh, recognize in oneself um, there are kind of two different types of fear in a way. One is that immediate fear of of flight and uh, fright and flight that comes from that uh, backside of our brain, the lizard side of our brain that really is, um, you know, we're anxious, we come up to something and we just are, we're shut down uh, because we're, you know, we don't know what to do. There's that kind of situation, which can happen, of course, in a, in a business, but more what you're really talking about is a larger relationship with money that's driven by, by thoughts of um, not having enough or um, that we, you know, that I, I can't um, charge because, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to actually manage my money. And so I'm going to be super careful. I'm, I'm afraid of risk, for example. So um, what I like to point out is that, that fear is something that's really part of the human experience. So it, it's, it's not, it's okay to have, an element of fear and and to recognize that maybe maybe dealing with money uh, brings up some anxiety it brings up discomfort uh it often can be related to a lack of knowledge and embarrassment that especially as a business owner oh my goodness i don't know how to read a financial statement or i have no idea how to set up um payment for my employees etc these are all it's all new territory for us and really as humans uh, we're not comfortable with new territory uh, nor change. And then you throw in the lack of knowledge and it really is a place that many of us don't want to go. I can't think of very many business owners who say, yay, you know, I want to go have my financial meeting. Um, having said that, you can get to a pl- point when you actually love to have your financial meetings and um, the distance between the fear and that love of of not so much of, of, oh, I'm going to just check in every minute and see what my um, my income is coming in or where I am financially, but much more of a sense of both confidence as well as um, equanimity is kind of, I like to uh, 
uh, talk about it that way. It's sort of just yet another way that you, um, it's another resource that you're managing, just like getting food in and, and dealing with other issues in your life to make life secure. So that's kind of, um, there is, there is a paradigm there. So what I'm just to recap, there's a paradigm. It's okay to have that back and forth around money. That's a very normal kind of a thing. Um, and what you're asking is how does one move from that point of fear into uh, much more of a, of a functional and um, sort of balanced approach to money? So that, that's really your question. I'm just checking in here before I answer it. Absolutely. And let's let's talk about how we go from where we are to where we want to be. You you wrote a book called Positive Money. We'll put a link to it in the show notes for our listeners. That book focuses on applying positive intelligence to the realm of business and personal finances. So as, as we look at moving from where we are to where we want to be, first of all, what is positive money? And then how do we apply it? Okay. Well, great question. Love that you're... Um bringing up the book I wrote on positive money, because this was a book that really came out of my own experience and tangling with this topic for uh, over 20 years. And I would say in in reality, I've actually, it probably goes uh, way back to when I was a kid with my first lemonade stand. So um, it it's a, this idea of how does money fit into our lives really has been a question on my mind. And so the philosophy, well, let me say positive money is a philosophy of living in relationship with money that leads to positive results. And what do I mean by positive results? Those results can be um, psychological results. They can be physical results. Um, they can be financial, um, how we are working in our relationship with ourselves as well as others. So there are many positive results. and. Again, the word positive can get kind of overused and, um, you know, you, the listener, might be thinking, okay, um, I don't want to, you know, it's not always happy. It's not always happy. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is engaging the parts of our brain and, and our guts, really, our bodies, to be in a position where we are most optimally able to address a challenging issue. Um, and so positive intelligence is a practice. It's a, essentially an operating system that uh, uh, encourages us on an ongoing basis as a practice to uh, to begin um, building the resilience in our in our own bodies with um, meditations, with um, with the ways that we're thinking about approaching, sort of shifting our responses to things. And it builds over time and recognizes that we have what are called saboteurs. And these saboteurs are just another way of talking about how we get shut down. You know, hyperachievers, we avoid, there's the avoider saboteur. There is the um, pleaser saboteur. These are, these are um, characteristics and behaviors that we learn early in life as to adapt to our conditions and they become our strengths. And then eventually they can also be our weakness or not really a weakness. They can cause us um, uh, challenges because uh, we need to develop other, other aspects of our personality as well. Well, it's not really our personality. It's really our, um, 
ability to respond to what's going on. That's a, that was a long answer. So I will, you know, I can break more of that down if you, if you want me to. Yeah, please. How, how do we, how do we apply some of this thinking and ultimately shift from where we are to where we want to be? So if we recognize our saboteurs, if, if we recognize the opportunities, how do we start taking steps forward and, and apply some of this thinking? Okay. Yeah. Let's get down to the brass tacks. Cause a lot of this sounds uh, kind of up there in the, okay, that sounds great, but how do I, how do I price, uh, how do I have a, a, an effective conversation with my staff at work, for example, or with my spouse? So um, really the first, the, the first principle of positive money is that it is a practice. And so, and that it's a choice. So um, the first step really is to recognize that we are making choices all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. And when you stop and say, okay, um, do I want to have a positive or effective or a whatever, whatever word you want to use there, what kind of relationship with money do you want to have? And many of us want just ease and flow, whatever that means for us. So you first have to decide, I am going to have that relationship with money. It's, it's, it's a decision. And then once you decide that that's something you really want and even maybe need, then you move from there to understand that it's a practice and to start getting curious about how you respond in specific um, situations where you get triggered. So, um, or you have patterns of behavior that you don't like. So the um, example I want to give is if you are um, work a lot, like you're a, you're being your partner or your family member says, Hey, you know, you work all the time, can you get off to your phone, you know, and really what you're telling yourself is I need to I need to, you know, be on my business. I need to be here all the time. I need to, um, that, you know, this is the most important uh, part of my life. For example, that's a, those are patterns of a hyperachiever. And uh, again, not bad. There's no good or bad here. But the idea is that is that, or the question you ask yourself is, is this pattern of behavior serving me in the long run? And of course, you're going to say yes because it has. And yet, the question is, is is it really leading to the kind of is it leading to the results you want? And for many of us, that the results we're actually seeing is high stress. Uh, maybe we're not using our work because we might avoid money. We're not really looking at our financials or thinking uh, more strategically about how to how to um, use our money in our business or outside of our business. So um, we're starting to recognize patterns of thinking. So the the thoughts we're thinking. And we're noticing patterns of behavior. So those are two um, those are two lines of observation that you want to start with. And through the practice of positive intelligence, you just are curious. You just get curious. Um, you try not to judge yourself or others, and you just start to get curious and start to notice where there are issues, where or where there might be issues, and then. Um, some of the principles are just there. There's seven of them. The first one is choice, and I can go into others, of course. Um, but they're really um, designed to help you intervene 
um, in any situation where you do feel triggered, there's a way that you can just use the principle and approach the situation, whatever one resonates with you. Um, and then there's the practice of asking questions. So I, I can talk more about questions um, and, you know, but I, I want to just pause and see if there's anything in what I've just said that you um, have any more questions about. Yeah, let's let's talk about those questions just as we talk about that reframing of the mindset and how we leverage that. Okay, great. Reframing. Excellent, excellent word. So um, there's a practice called appreciative inquiry. Um, it's a it's a practice that has come came out in the late 80s. And it's a it's a, a an approach to um how we navigate again through challenging situations. Most of us were taught in school, especially um, about problem solving as being deficit based. Like, what am I not doing? What, uh, you know, you got a, a C and you didn't do this, that, or another. And we feel defensive. We feel deficient. We, the focus is on, is on the lack of instead of the, what you, what is working well. And so what appreciative inquiry does and what positive psychology really focuses on is the way is the ways that we can trigger our brain to use our our more um, front lobe and our our motive. It's like the right technically the right side of the brain, although there's some people that say it's not we don't necessarily work from a right or a left side. But it, what this is doing is, is it's helping us be able to turn on or light up. Um, those those um, creative, innovative uh, ways that we can look at something and and figure it out, right? And money is actually quite creative. You can do a lot of creative things with with your financial, how you're thinking about your business, how you're pricing it, how you're bringing people in, marketing. I mean, there's so many ways that we can be creative, and uh, money falls into that. So um, the let me get to the questions. So the questions start with um, what you want to do is just like how, when, what, where. So those are um, how, what, when, or where are really great um, beginnings to a, a positive or generative question. So if you are a hyperachiever, and you are just working all the time, and you're not seeing the results in your business, one of the ways that you can start to brainstorm both for yourself and with others is to ask yourself the question, how might I um, get the results I need and work less? Right now, you may think, well, I already asked that question a million times. You know, of course, I'm asking that question all the time. But if you really sit down with that and and let yourself not already know what that outcome might be, what will happen is you'll start to brainstorm and start to see more things that you may not have seen in the past. So that's um, another really great question is, is what matters most right now in my business? So what matters most right now in my business? What matters most right now in my, in my life uh, for my financials? And again, that might shift your priorities and how you navigate through um, making those those choices, um, whether they're about money or about lifestyle that then affects your financial choices. 
you've given us so much to think about and how we again approach this how we question where we are and how we start to impact change with our approach to money both personally and from a business perspective for our listener who may be going hey this is all well and good this is a you know this is a lot of work i may not necessarily have time does this actually work how have you seen change in the clients that you've worked with how have you seen this really play out in impacting significant significant change um uh, yeah that's a great question i think what well i've seen a lot of different kinds of of quote change evolution of thinking and um i'll just give you i'll give you one example so one of the um, well, I can give a number of examples, but I'll just give you one. Of the the one I want to start with is that is a a woman that I've been working with as a business owner, um, and she's she's on the um, you know she's been in business for quite a while, and she has been her running her own business, and yet she was really struggling with um, making enough money for her for her needs. And she has really struggled with under earning over time. She supported her husband in a business for a long time. And then she, then he passed away. And so she, it was up to her and she was really good at, at her work. She's very good, competent. We see this all the time, right? People, uh, your listeners are really good at what they're doing. And, um, and yet behind the scenes, she was again, struggling with charging enough or, um, looking at her finances she was getting into debt um and uh feeling some shame about that and also frustration and also fear so when in working with um her and um working applying the principles of working with the principles one of the ones that resonated for her was the second one which is that positive money is generational so understanding that we are inheriting um, a lot of the beliefs and behaviors about money, and we're also passing them along. And so she was able to to kind of step back and it it just gave her some relief. Like it was just not it's just not always just me or um i'm I'm not a failure or just the down spirals that we can get, especially when in a society where there's so much focus on success and everyone else is doing so well and so on and so forth. And there's just um, a value put on things and bling and, and ways that we measure success. So for her, she was able to really think about um, what she learned from her upbringing and um, how she made the choices through life and what she really wants to pass along. And so she made some uh, specific choices. She joined Debtors Anonymous. She um, She's really made some different choices in her business. She's much more uh, strategic when we work together. I bring her back to the financials to her kind of, okay, let's let's work on where you don't normally go and let's make that a, a practice so that you feel more confident. And also just, um, yeah, you feel more confident and it's more part of your daily practice or your weekly practice. I think that's such a great example because I I can't imagine any of our listeners not wanting to have a better relationship with money, having a more successful and more profitable business. And in the end, as you share, this thinking, this approach works. Cindy, I, I 
can't thank you enough for sharing your expertise and wisdom with our listeners today. The the link to your book is in the show notes for any listener who wants to learn more, dive deeper into this topic. We always close with the same question. We believe leaders are readers. What are you currently reading? Well, I absolutely love that you focus on reading. I just, I'm, I'm a huge reader. I have uh, so many different books and I appreciate it, which is part of why I wrote a book because I love to read and I like to write. So I really appreciate that. And I do encourage anyone to uh, out there who, um, who does not read as much as to just, um, you know, use, use this wisdom that is just a font of wisdom that's coming out now uh, that's accessible to us. So the two books that I um, am reading, I'm always reading a business book and I'm a, my background is in marketing communication. So I have a lot of experience in a lot of different areas. I teach leadership um, mostly. I do work obviously on money mindset, but I, I work a lot with leaders. So one of the things that uh, one of the books I'm using in my business today is called Pillar Pillar based marketing. That's P-I-L-L-A-R based marketing, a data-driven methodology for SEO, which is search engine optimization and content that actually works. And that's by Ryan Brock. Um, I'm reading that book because I work with, I've worked in technology for many, many years and see that as much as we, um, as business owners, you know, it's an entrepreneur's all of those practices of marketing, sales, all of that just can be a lot. So um, I'm always following kind of the latest and I, I'm really liking this particular book. And then just the last one I'm reading personally is called The Covenant of Water and it's by Abraham Verghese and he's it's, it's an incredible book and it's a massive book. So I recommend if you're out hiking or enjoying uh, hours in the car, um, please, uh, get this book and listen to it because it's really quite a great story and a storyteller. Fantastic. We'll put both of those uh, links to both of those books in the show notes as well. Cindy, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you've enjoyed the Practice Advantage podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. And if you want to take your practice to the next level, For the sake of your patients, your team, your community, and your bottom line, give us a call. 1-800-959-2020, option three. See you next time.